Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. From behind home plate, your Orioles talk. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Today on the show, we will discuss the Orioles and and who needs to go, who should stay. Is it illegal to fire everybody? Can we do that? We will also share some personal experience we've had uh, hitting the old ball around uh, Camden Yards. All that and more on this edition of Section 336. Baltimore's best section 336, the number one sports broadcast gets your fix. What's the news? Let's talk about Buck, our favorite Orioles. What's the latest lineup? Home runs and stolen bases. This is a trip. Stay tuned in at 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I'm your dearly sitting host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the zany Burt Rohde. What up, 336ers? And the button lover, Josh Soroka. How are you guys doing? Are you enjoying a day where we can't lose? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Guys, you know, I, I, I stayed up for every what? game on this West Coast trip. I, I slept crazy. on the couch for a week because of these crappy Orioles. I haven't watched an Orioles game in a week. Probably longer. You're probably better than that than me because I feel of that. pretty feel pretty good about myself. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just I'm sorry. It just took me about twenty minutes to send out a freaking tweet. This is why I don't tweet anymore. I was trying to send out a, a tweet about the show and it took me like an hour. I don't even know how to use Twitter anymore. Yeah. I'm done with it. I'm not tweeting anymore. You know, if we can start right there while you're trying to get your tweet out, I can show people the new and improved section three thirty six dot com. Ooh, look at this. Look at that. Nice and pretty. With some colors. Uh, nice theme. And we gotta th- I got to thank Dave Westwood, who's helping me out with the website and all. And he's, he's, uh, a, he's doing a he's good a job. He's a coconut. Oh, yeah. He's a coconut. He's done most of these graphics and all to help put this website together. But uh, So we're excited about this new website. It's still going to grow a little bit. But uh, look how much just more professional this looks. And it all yeah. matches. So... But I want to bring up. I want to point out these two new segments here at the bottom: the four fans by fans, and life in the minors. So the four fans by fans we talked about last week, and this week we got our first blog for uh, four fans by fans, which is a blog post called "Acceptance" by another coconut called Jamie Severt. Is his name, and he's talking about how it's time to accept that the Orioles suck. And I think by now we're all ready to accept it. So that's our first four fans by fans. We're still all year, all season, we're always accepting entries for four fans by fans. But come on over here and check out right next to so check out this life in the minors. 
So this blog is by a, a, three, three, a friend of 336, Willie Yan. If you don't know Willie Yan, he was a recent draft pick. I believe last season, last summer, uh, Oriole draft pick. So he's in, he's been in extended spring training. Then I think he'll end up in Delmarva or Aberdeen in about a month. But he is blogging weekly about what it's like to be in the minors. So right now it's a lot about getting to the minors and stuff. So this week he talked about his swing and how much wiffle ball and playing wiffle ball kind of taught him to just swing. And in one way it taught him to swing at bad pitches. So check out that. Check out Life in the Minors. He's got about six posts up there for us already uh, talking about uh, unwritten rules, superstitions, talking about his relationship with his glove, and a lot of neat stuff uh, that we get to hear straight from a baseball player about. So go on over and check out section336.com and the new stuff there, and uh, keep spreading the word. Soon you'll be able to watch Facebook, watch Section 336 on there, so you don't have to go into Facebook to watch us. And uh, and then we're going to have a special episode with Willie Yan soon, probably in the next week or so. Nice. Yeah. By the way, Willie Yan was drafted in the 25th round of last year's draft at the University of Connecticut. So you he's, he's a Huskies. I like I like Go Huskies. I like that article about the wiffle ball and even like his his um, profile of uh, 5'11", 185. If I lost some weight, I could be 5'11", 185. And and he's talking <laughs> about playing wiffle ball. Minor league players are so poor and so relatable that I I, I, I love them because I'm poor as well. And so the fact that he is a minor leaguer, kind of his journey is struggling up. Uh, minor leaguers are very kind of just normal dudes just trying to get a break and trying to trying to make it to the majors. So I, I always love talking to minor leaguers, interviewing minor leaguers, reading minor leaguers, write about wiffle ball. I enjoy it all. So, yeah, check that out on section336.com. Yeah, yeah, he's a great guy, and uh, it's cool to see. And, yeah, the wiffle ball post made me want to go play wiffle ball. Yeah, and then yeah, at one point he talked about you know since he's down at expen- extended spring right now, and one I don't remember which blog it was, but he was talking about having to go up and and face Alex Cobb as Alex Cobb was down there, and I was just imagining this guy who just got drafted this summer, and like he had a good he had a good fall league performance, but now he's got to play he's got to try to hit Alex Cobb while Alex Cobb is rehabbing. Now when Alex Cobb to, came to the majors, everyone was hitting Alex Cobb. But still, as a, as a young guy, I, I couldn't imagine what it'd be like facing Alex Cobb. Yeah, I, I yeah, I agree. It's a cool opportunity for for him. So check that article out. All right, um, where where do you guys want to go first with this show? Huh? You want to talk about us on the field? You want to talk about uh, the Orioles? Uh, you want to talk about? I got a couple ideas to turn the season around. You want you want to talk about us first? And talk about right. our, our, yeah, Oriole, would, our Oriole for a day experience because that's the positive of that the would week. be more fun. <laughs> right, Sorry, the, fun. The, the fun part was was us playing at Camden Yards. Yeah. Um. Be, be, before we get to the fun stuff, though, can I? I just have I have a story. Um. I something happened to me, really irritating me, really irritating me, and I can't get past it, and I got to share it, or I'm not going to be able to go on with the show. Okay. And I, it it involves. And I probably shouldn't talk about this because it just happened, and I'm really annoyed. And I should just let this go, uh, and and this later. But I it involves us going to. We went to Camden Yards on Thursday to to play a to play in this. I don't know. 
We just did it to hit field around. day, field day, field Con- day, constellation, field day, whatever. Constellation so, energy, right? Welcome. We were guests of constellation energy. Yeah, yeah, and something happened. Something happened there that I didn't even wear happened until after the fact, and and then it, it it's gone on to really really put it put a dent in my entire life right now, and uh, maybe I'm over exaggerating because because I'm just annoyed right now. But I think it's safe to say this has put it put it put a, a dent on my life. So I have one major. I have a lot of flaws. One of the most significant flaws. Remember, we were on a, 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 a airplane ride one time, going from Baltimore to Sarasota to spring training. Right. And we and we sat on on the plane. Sitting on the plane. I'm pretty sure this is when it happened. I was sitting on the plane, and I went to pull out my laptop, and I realized it wasn't there. Was I with you guys when this happened? Yeah, you, you forget. Very you forget familiar. things all the time. Dude, yeah, wait, and you, so I, I left the freaking laptop on the conveyor belt at the security check. Yeah, and so I had to yeah. like stop the plane before it took off, run back to security check, and pick up my laptop. So this is, I like do this all the time, leave stuff everywhere. Oh yeah, it's it's at least every other week I'm calling you to say your wallet or your or your power charger for your laptop. Something's in the studio. Yeah, yeah, and and my wife, uh, my poor wife, like this drives her nuts, with, and with good reason. So like, this- I. I'm just absent-minded. So this is kind of awkward if you left something at Camden Yards. I did it again. I did it again. What'd you I do? Left something, I left something at Camden Yards. What'd you leave? What'd you leave? Your Wait. phone. No, Guys. you took pictures up at yeah, the Yeah, you had the level. phone. Guys, we went to Camden Yards. Yeah. In the locker room, I got ready. I got prepared. You didn't... Guys, right. I left my wedding ring in the locker Ooh. room at Camden Yards. Did oh, you really? No. 100% serious. How'd you do that? Because I he took it off, took it off, and all it and and my other stuff up in the, in the top part. But you didn't put it in your bag uh, or no. anything. Well, that's what Emily said. No, I just put that, it up there. That's why. I, that's that why I have right. this rubber ring. I'd never yeah, take mine off. So I don't. You know okay, what, guys? Shut up. I, let me finish my story. I lost so my. I, I called them. Okay. Right. I, I called them when I realized it. The Orioles. Because I even who'd you call I the thought, bird? You called the Oriole bird. I, I just called a freaking <laughs> number on the website, Bert. And, and and I I was driving home. Even when I was dri- I was taking Josh home. Even then, like in the back of my mind, I thought, you know, you start getting that creepy feeling. Did did I actually forget that? But I didn't want to think about it until yeah, you I got didn't home. say anything, right? Because I, I just would, I wanted to ignore it. And but then at home, I checked my bag, and it, and it wasn't there. And so the next day at school, I, I called I called the Orioles. The Orioles one eight hundred Orioles or whatever. And I talked to a wonderful <laughs> woman named Sharon. And I said, Sharon. I got a big problem here. I, I left my wedding ring in the locker room. And she said, you know, everyone's out to lunch. They take like five-hour lunch breaks over here at Camden Yards, apparently. Uh, everyone's out to lunch, but you can leave a voicemail with lost and found. So I said, fine, I'll leave a voicemail with lost and found. So I left the voicemail with lost and All found. Right, the, right? Good, the good thing you've got going for you is that the Orioles are still out of town. There's nothing, there is nothing good about this story, okay? Just listen. There's nothing good about this story. There's no redeeming quality in this story whatsoever, except for maybe Sharon, who was very nice to me on the phone. So she, she put me in touch <laughs> with this uh, lost and found. I left a voicemail. I don't remember the guy's name. The guy's name is not important. I, the guy calls me back, and he's like, hey, we looked. We, we can't find, find the ring. I said, listen oh, to no. me. He said, is it in the visitor lo- locker room or the auxiliary locker room? Visitor or auxiliary locker room? I said, how many freaking locker rooms do you guys have? We were, we were in the visitor locker room. Yeah, that's why I said yeah. the visitor's locker room. I said there was, you know, I described it. And then I described exactly where I thought I left it. I said, can you guys go and look again, right? And so he did. He called back and he found it. He found the ring. And so I said, this is great news. 
And he, he said, well, leave it with our um, uh, secretary. You can c- come down and get it. At this point, I should have said, I'll be there and, and left school immediately to go get it. But like a knucklehead, I said, because the girl left at like 430 and I was like, right. I can't I can't make it there in time from from the Eastern Shore. He said from Eastern Maryland, where I was at the time, he said, well, how about we just mail to you? I said, that's perfect. OK, just just mail to me. Uh, and then and then I'll get it that way. And I gave him my address and whatever. Right. But fast forward to today. Yeah. Today, boys and girls, I go out to my mailbox because I'm I'm waiting for my ring still. OK. Trying to hide my hand from my wife the past five days. So I go back to to the mailbox and I, and I get in the mail. And sure enough. Right. I can show on the uh, the, uh, the the cameras on yeah. section 3 slash Facebook slash live. Yeah, there's your address. Uh, yeah. Now address. we all know where you live. Yeah. Um, oh, shoot. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then what's in there is a, a nice Oreo schedule, a nice schedule for the Orioles. <laughs> and that's it. And actually, in fact, if you look at the bottom corner, can I show you the bottom corner where the ring oh, should be? Oh, no. There's a hole in the bottom corner of the envelope. Oh, that sucks. Are you serious? That's I'm dead serious. You can even see the imprint of where the ring was. And now there's a little hole at the bottom of the envelope where my oh, wedding ring is. That, that's, that's as bad as it can get because now it's anywhere. It's anywhere. And I don't know. I like. I want to assume the best in people that no one like stole it when they saw a bump right there. Um, I assume it fell out. But but you're right. It could be literally. I checked like the grass around. I checked in the uh, mailbox. It could be any in, any type of postal sorting machine. Yeah. That's crazy. That sucks. Yeah, it, it was better off being lost at the stadium because at least I knew I was at the stadium. We're right. going there tomorrow night. Bert, shut up. <laughs> How's that going to help? What does that have anything to do with my story at all? So it's Because just, if you would have just left it there, we were going to go there tomorrow night. You could have just gotten it in person. I know, Bert, I know that. I know that now, Bert. All right? <laughs> at the time, I just thought he found my ring. I wanted it back. And I just thought he'd mail it. I thought this would be no problem. We, I mean, this is freaking America where we have a trusted mail system. What kind of envelopes... Are the freaking Orioles using that there would just be a hole at the bottom of an envelope from a freaking ring? Look at these old dated envelopes. Oh, that's insane. <laughs> and Matt, Matt, I can make you feel a little bit better. Two years? I, I, I don't think you right. can, especially when my wife, thank goodness she doesn't listen to this podcast, but I don't know what I'm going to do. But anyway, go ahead. Fine. Fine what? All right. Make me feel better. This was uh, two years ago. I got to get my sweatshirt off. Uh, two years ago, and uh, we, play, we play in this co-ed Sunday softball league, you know? And... Uh, so I always take off my wedding ring. This is before I switch to the rubber ring. And I stick it in my little bag, in the little uh, pocket in my baseball bag. So this week, Mandy was playing with us as well. So we both put our rings in there. So softball ends. We're going. We're packing up. I say, oh, let me pull out the rings. I pull out the rings. I set them on the bumper of the car, throw the bag in, and drive off. And forget to pick them up off the bumper when I was taking the bag. Drove off. Lost both of our wedding rings somewhere on Ritchie Highway. Oh, really? So, M- Mandy hasn't had a wedding ring in two years, and I've got oh, this rubber wow. one. Oh, wow. So, uh... That is, that, that, that is a bad story. Right. That's something I would do. Yeah, I know. That was the total you, Matt move. It wasn't something I would normally do. Uh, so, yeah, so... Well, I mean, we've been married 15 years. We had wedding rings for 14 years. Maybe 13 years, but... Who needs them anymore? <laughs> right, right. Now I got, now yeah. you got more freedom. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, I no, mean, okay, I, I want, I want my re- my wedding ring back. Uh, man, I don't know. Was it your original one? Yes, it's my original one. There's sentimental value there. Yeah, of course. Matt, tw- fifteen or twenty dollars on Amazon. No, I, I, I know that's not what. What is that Cracker Jack box ring? I don't want that nonsense. I want my ring back. I'm going to call the post office. What, what's going to happen? I couldn't tell you the last time I took mine off. What's the, shut up, Bert. You're, Bert, you're not helping yeah, right I, now this conversation. I've always off. had to take mine off for work because it's sticking my hand in walls and electrical outlets and stuff. That's what, so that's no why I switched to the rubber. No one understands, and my wife's not going to understand either, why I would take it off at all. But, well, yeah, you, you yeah. can't play baseball. I got, a, I got a sore. You see that sore right there? That's from I had yeah. my hoe. That's from using my hoe in the backyard in the garden. And <laughs> I got it. I got it. No, how'd blood you get that? I bet you right. got that. You got that hoe because you're not wearing a wedding ring anymore. Right. So I, I should have taken my ring off when I went in the backyard with my hoe uh, because I ended up getting caught <laughs> right. on the, on the um, finger. And so I didn't want to re, re-aggravate my, my cut on my finger that you, I got from using my hoe that, in the backyard right. by speaking baseball bat. So I took it off. And but that's I should have put it in the bag or I should have put it in the wallet. I know all this. You don't need to tell me. That's why I'm telling you, you got to get the rubber rings. I'm not getting a that rubber you ring. Can, you can hoe with your rubber ring. You can do whatever with your rubber ring. And and then you don't have that Jimmy Fallon problem where you're going to fall and rip your finger off because you wore a wedding ring. Oh, that's like well, he's like the only person that that's ever happened to. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> type in that into the internet. It happens to a whole lot of people. I, I know better than to type that in the internet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. There's a few injuries you do not type into the internet, and that's one of them. No. No. All right. Well, I got that story off my chest, and maybe I'll be that's less was, now. Yeah. That, that could have been Matt's story time. That was great. I mean, I kept waiting for the story to get better, but it just kept getting worse. Yeah. No, yeah. there's no happy ending here. This I'm never going to share the story again because it just makes me mad to even talk about it. All right. Well, how about we, we, we rewind back to when we walked into the locker room that day? And what we, were, locker room. what we were blown away with, Matt, when we were looking at all the lockers. Blown away with? Yeah. Well, you know, all the empty visitor lockers, and there's one locker that's completely full. Oh, oh. That the, the person moved in. Bert, <laughs> you thought Bert was an actual player for the Orioles. He had, like, he had his <laughs> luggage with. He was playing a weekend series. He had all his, all his gear. Four-game series. Right. It was a four-game series. Had, he had four, four different games. shirts, a couple pair of shoes. Yep. Yeah. Do you want to go 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 through your um your packing list, Bert? What you actually brought to the stadium for a, a two hour practice? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, for it it kind of was a result of me not being able to figure out what I actually wanted to wear. So I wanted to have a few options once I got there. So I had a black. I had my black Bud Norris jersey. I had my orange Jim Traber jersey. I had the uh the batting practice mesh shirt or whatever that I ended up wearing. That was a giveaway from a few years ago. I had my section three, three, six shirt. Uh, I've had two pairs of shoes. I had, uh, this is I had four, my sunglasses this is for, and a ball cap. This is for a four hour event. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, Multiple we can get to gloves. this later. Two gloves, but I had a reason for that. And I think anybody who follows me on Twitter or Instagram would have seen this, but I, I knew Al Bumbery was going to be there. So I wanted to get a photo op with Al Bumbry one more time because I have a picture of myself with Al Bumbry autographing my glove back in 1988, 30 years ago. I'm wearing my little eight-year-old Orioles uniform in the photo. And uh, 
So now being 38 years old, I found Al Bunbury sitting in the, in the dugout, asked if I get a picture with him, and I showed him my glove from 1988 that still had his autograph faded in there along with the copy of the picture. You know, it's not that big a deal because I think anybody who even thought about being an Orioles fan has probably met Al Bunbury and probably has his autograph. I think he's one uh, step below Book Powell. Yeah, pretty much. Actually, he might even be above Boog Bell. <laughs> as far as, uh, as far as availability? Yeah, he's everywhere. But the man, he's 71 years old, and he was out there throwing batting practice for over an hour, uh, just still full of energy, still, uh, you know, still loves the Orioles and just baseball and talking baseball and... And he's a, yep. and he's a, he's, a, he's still coaching out there. He's incredible. Like I was I was watching him. He was yeah, throwing to a girl, and then he would run up to like the plate and like help her with her stance. Well, that's because he likes girls. Doing, well, he was doing <laughs> the same thing with me. So maybe he likes good looking boys too. <laughs> and where, the long you know, hair. So he was he was he was saying how to swing and 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 how to, and where to make contact, where the ball should make contact with with the with the bat. It was he just, saw he oh. saw the he saw that you weren't wearing a wedding ring. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny, Bert. Still a little bit too soon, so I'm not going to lie. But, but very, very funny. But Al Brumbry's one of the most engaging, kind uh, guys out there. A great kind of representative for the Baltimore Orioles. Totally. I, I also had my big league chew, uh, which is a must anytime you're going to be playing baseball. Yeah, I got uh, a wad from you. I appreciate it. I, I, I was happy to share my wad. And uh, I... Uh, I uh... <laughs> Lost train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about your big league two wide make you lose thought. It, uh, I mean, we we're gonna get into it, but it, a whole day like that and all the things we got to do makes me realize how terrible I am at baseball. Yeah, and it, it, <laughs> I love baseball so much, but I'm so bad. It reminds yeah, it us how big the field is. Yeah, and how hard the game of baseball is. Yeah, man. Because even though we were able to get hits. But it's because the ball was being slow pitched to us, and, yeah, yeah, and and it's like we weren't hitting it far. So to to be upset that all these big leader, leaguers that aren't crushing home run after home run, it's hard. Baseball's a hard sport. Not to mention well, ninety feet. That run to first base was killing me every time. <laughs> I'm just now starting to get my bearings about me because my my back has been sore, my rib cage has been sore. <laughs> I was, I've and been, I, my gosh, yes. I've been complaining I didn't really exert all weekend. myself that much. I've been complaining all weekend that my back and my shoulder hurts. Oh, guys, so it wasn't that serious. Oh, my gosh. Taking a couple fly balls. <laughs> it's it's 38 years old. It's 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 hard on a body. Oh, We're man. almost 40, Matt. It must suck. Wow. All right. You'll catch up. You'll get your allergies. You'll have your back pains. Get some headaches. Yeah. Let's do – Let's real quick for the listeners recap what the stations were and who we got to work with in each one. We already talked about Al Bumbry. He was the hitting coach. He was great, real <laughs> friendly. But we started off out in the bullpen, in the Orioles bullpen. Orioles legend Rick Krivda. Lefty, now living in the Perry Hall area. Yeah. <laughs> Orioles legend might be a, you know, a slight exaggeration. Right. but uh, A former <laughs> Oriole. Orioles starter slash reliever lefty Rick Krivda. Yeah. Olympic gold medalist Rick Krivda. There, there you go. Um, yeah, he, he showed us how to throw a four seam and a two seam. Four yeah. seam and a two seam. I already knew how to throw a four seam because that's what kind of everyone throws. And, and I was I knew, never a pitcher in high school. And I knew the two seam already, also. 
I didn't know. I never really threw a two seam before. So I got on the I got on the mound, got to throw a couple two seamers. That was the highlight for me. You I were, saw a little yeah. movement on my ball. It was good. I liked throwing I, that two seamer. Yeah, you were better at the pitching than the three of us. You were bringing the oh, ball yeah. on hard. You killed it, Matt. I was Thanks, impressed. Thanks, guys. These guys, I was. I think I might have hit seventy with one of those heaters. So you, watch out. <laughs> you stung my hand on one of them. Okay. One of those okay. wild ones that I had to move to the side for. Yeah. But yeah, you did I was just happy there. that I was able to make it to home plate in the air without bouncing it in front of the plate. That yeah, it, you went with it wasn't over Nest- the plate. The whole Nestor Cortez, <laughs> let me throw junk up at the plate. Let me get it over at about 50 miles per hour. Right. But maybe the slowness will throw them off, <clears throat> Nestor Cortez style. Yeah, I, like yeah. I got a sick change up. Yeah. It's so slow. Right, but uh, yeah, no, no, uh, no Orioles came out to recruit us from the bullpen. Uh, my favorite part, I, I think even more than hitting, was the second part where we just got to shag fly balls out in the outfield with Larry Bigby. Oh. Well, that's just, that's just fun because we're goofing off in the outfield of Camden Yards. I mean, it can't. Yeah. It's not any better than that. Yeah, and there was I got some highlights. I jotted down some highlights of the of the evening of the afternoon for me. And one oh, of the cool. highlights was there was a couple guys who could hit the ball pretty good, and there yeah, was yeah. one that yes. was hit over my head, and I I felt like a major. I mean, I was sprinting sprinting uh, towards the. Uh, warning track and I, and I and I made a, a catch on the run and, and and I felt like a major leaguer out there. That was one of yeah, my yeah. highlights. Yeah. It's so cool to, I, to run down I, a fly ball in the outfield. I told Matt, yeah, it's basically the same feeling. It's it, I didn't have to run any down or anything like that, but just being able to stand there with a the ball coming at you, put your glove up and catch it in left field. I was like, this is like in the top 10 moments of my life right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's it was it's just cool. Yeah. Yeah, mine uh my outfield performance wasn't that good, so uh, my highlight did not come out there. Yeah. Well, there was another highlight that happened out there. I was I was talking to my man Larry Bigby, and, and, and or, Larry, Oriole legend, Oriole legend Larry Bigby, World Series <laughs> World Series champ Larry Bigby, and and I was talking to to, to Larry and and he asked me if I could because uh, you're shagging fly balls, put them in the bucket. He asked me if I could run the bucket back to Al Bumbry. And so I said, I said, you know, like a giddy squirrely, I'll run your little bucket back to Al, Al Bumbry. And, and, I, and as right. I, boys, as I ran the balls, as I ran back to take the balls to Mr. Bumbry, a, a calm came over me. I don't know if it was divine intervention or the kinship of all living things, but I tell you, Josh, at that moment, I was a 10-year-old little leaguer. <laughs> and so I ran it back to, and I said and I said to him I said uh, I said I said here you go and I gave him to Al Bumbry and Al Bumbry he, he turned to me and he said thank you and you know what I said I said anything for you Mr. Bumbry and, <laughs> and, he, and he smiled and I ran away giggling <laughs> that's nice yeah so that's another highlight another highlight <laughs> while I was out shagging fly, fly, fly balls is Josh turns to me and says, hey, you know Larry Bigby's from the Eastern Shore. Now, there is a kinship among people from the Eastern Shore. You sure. guys don't know about this because you're not from the Eastern Shore. You don't live on the Eastern Shore. Right. But us Eastern Shore kids have to stick together because we have to deal with things like Bay Bridge traffic that the rest of you guys don't understand anything about. There's also, we don't have to deal with Richie Highway nonsense. It's just a lot more right. laid back. I, was say, I get to deal with both of those issues. <laughs> a, lot, a lot more laid back and cool on the Eastern Shore. So I wanted to, and uh, Larry was just out there. 
And so I wanted to kind of introduce myself and say something to Larry. And so um, I call him Larry now at the time. It was Mr. Bigby. Um, so, so I thought this would be a good in to mention my our Eastern Shore connection. Uh, but I was a little bit nervous. This is the, the greatest comparison and our millennials know about this or our younger listeners, pre-millennials, uh, post-millennials. I don't know what you call them. Uh, it was like it was like you went at, like at, when you're at a bar situation or something, you want to go up and talk to a cute girl. Like it's how do you you're thinking about okay, what's gonna be a good pickup line here? How to engage? <laughs> so that's what it's like, right? And so I, I went to, to Larry and I said, "Hey, Larry, I heard you're from the Eastern Shore. Is that true?" And he said, "Yeah." And I said, "Oh, me too. I'm from Queenstown." And I can say I'm from Queenstown because I mean I just showed you my entire address, so who cares now? But I said I'm from Queenstown, <laughs> and, and Larry says, "Oh, I'm from Centerville," which, as, as us Eastern Shore kids know, it's right next to Queenstown. And then I said, "Okay, cool." And then we <laughs> stood next to each other for about a minute, and nothing else came out. And then I was like, "Oh crap! I should have right. You weren't had prepared. A I should have had a follow up, and I had no follow up, so we didn't talk again for a while." I had a very similar situation in the bullpen. I, you might have been standing there with Rick Krivda because he said, I live in the Perry Hall area. So I was like, hey, did you, uh, Rick, did you tell us you live in Perry Hall? Because I live in Perry Hall too. He's like, oh, yeah. I said, Didn't, uh, you said your wife is a Baltimore County school teacher. My wife's a Baltimore County school teacher as well. <laughs> so we had a little bonding moment too. And hey, Josh, who did you it. bond with? I, uh, I have no bond <laughs> bonds from that day that I, I remember. Yeah, and I, I also here's an, another highlight from flag and uh, from shag and fly balls with Larry. We have a lot. I, me and Larry had a great time out there. So a, after we got over that awkwardness, we started talking again. You know, pick up the conversation. Uh, I went back. I went back over, and here's my next line. I'm getting good at this. I feel like I'm gonna go. I want to go around and pick up guys now because I feel like I'm getting this down. Um, and especially <laughs> now with no ring, I feel like I can really do this well. But anyway, oh totally. Uh, I said, I said, um, I said, you know, so Eastern Shore, and and he said he he said you know no, but he's he's actually still involved with scouting for the bottom Orioles or whatever. Um, but 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 then we got to talk whatever that bit. means. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Uh, but we and we talked about that for for a while and about the state of the Orioles for a while. But then as I was leaving, he says something to me. That I guess is quintessential Eastern Shore, what you say when you leave someone, another person from the Eastern Shore, that I didn't even know this was a thing, but apparently this was a thing. Because I got home, and I said, Emily, I was talking to Larry Bigby, <laughs> former Orioles <laughs> legend, and, and he's from the Eastern Shore. And when I was leaving him, and when, we were, when I was walking away from him, do you know what he said to me? And Emily said, I bet he said, may, may, maybe I'll see you at the jetty. I said, Em, that's exactly what he said. He said, <laughs> apparently this is how Eastern Shore people talk. And anyone who's from the Eastern Shore knows on Ken Island, uh, you have this this kind of pier bar called the Jetty uh, that everyone yeah. wants to hang, hang out with. It's impossible to park there. You got to park like a mile away, but whatever. But uh, I guess that's the new line. So when we're leaving, uh, he said, maybe I'll see you at the Jetty. And since then, I've gone to the Jetty every night looking for him and haven't seen him one time. <laughs> You just keep on going. Yeah. All right. So those are all my highlights of Shag and Fly Ball with Larry Bigby. That was a good one. Yeah. And then uh, we we wrapped up after all the drills and we had a, a scrimmage game. Team one and a half well, we, versus we went, team we two and, and did, a half. We went and did the batting cage drill as all. Well. That was our third drill. Oh. That that was where I did pretty good. So that was my highlight. Was that? Was yeah. You guys. Was you guys were both ball. pretty good. I I was terrible. My my highlight. I I think I had my second hit. 
uh, was a, a base hit blooper, you know, over second base. And then every other swing after that was either swing and a miss or a pop-up directly into the roof of the uh, batting cage. It was bad. Uh, yeah. So I, so then I we, saw it. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. I got some pictures. You were there. I, Unfortunately, I, I thought so. I held the camera trying to videotape as the balls kept going up. Yeah. Josh gracefully texted me a video of how terrible I was yeah. in the batting cage. <laughs> well, I didn't want to store it on my phone anymore, so I thought maybe you'd like it. Okay, just delete yeah, it. Make I've, sure, I've shown it. Make sure, I hope he can never see that video. <laughs> I've shown a few people, unfortunately. I I don't mind uh, you know shaming myself for a good laugh. And after that, we had a scrimmage. And this is where my, my, my last highlight comes, okay? My last highlight of the, of the well, afternoon. I had, a, I had a highlight from here also, so go on. Yeah, me too. Um, I saw Josh transform. Just like I transformed into a little leaguer running up to Mr. Bumbry to hand him the baseballs. All I right. saw Josh transform from just a normal, gawky, 30-year-old, 38-year-old out-of-shape man into... Gawky? <laughs> gawky? Is that, is that an accurate term? I think that fits. Um, I, saw I can see that. Tra- I, I saw him transform into Manny Machado. <laughs> Wait. What? Why? My, two, my little slap hit? Manny Machado. As he, as he started off on first base, ran to second base. Oh, right. Third, can't run? Only to realize that standing on third base was another guy. Yes. yes. Josh had to run back to second base. A base running faux pas. Josh's Manny Machado base running skills showing up at Camden Yards. That was my last highlight. Oh, see, I thought you were going to give me a compliment. But, yes, the problem with this is you have a mix of people who are playing. So the guy who was behind me slammed the ball, and I I ran a little bit to second base, but then the ball dropped by – and bounced past the outfielder. So I ran harder, and I rounded second base, only to see that there's a much more out-of-shape guy who's still still standing on third with no plans to move. So that's where I had to turn around. But but one of my highlights out there was, it was like low 90s temperature-wise. It was hot out there. It was hot, And, And there were a lot of people who seemed to just enjoy being in the dugout more than being out on the field. So at one point during this scrimmage, I ran out there, and I ran the first base where I'm comfortable. Matt ran the shortstop where he's comfortable. And I looked around, and we were the only guys on the field. <laughs> and it's like, all right, and we're out there, which is just cool. For Matt and I have played so many years of softball together with him at short and me at first that it was cool to be in those positions at Camden Yards and see each other much further away from each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the one thing about playing at Camden Yards that's easier, I feel like, than, than it even looks like on TV. And I don't know why any Oriole players make errors because fielding is so – I'm used to playing at softball fields in, like, the back of people's yards full of, like, rocks and, like, weeds and grass just, just popping up. I would not get – it is impossible, I think, physically impossible to get a bad bounce at Camden Yards. Yeah. Like, every sure ball like bounces, bounces just perfectly as you would expect it to. No awkward, bad – wrong bounces and so as the Orioles as you watch the Orioles make all these errors I'm just I'm in disbelief because these fields are perfectly manicured um and goodness knows they had um what what, what you call it field people what's the word ground groundskeeper crew um to uh, groundskeepers there to make sure no one did anything bad to the field 
because they, they treat it so, so, so nice and you'll never get a bad bounce there. Now, throwing the ball from deep in the hole to shortstop to first base is an amazing feat in itself and it gives you a whole new appreciation for what Manny Machado does. But yeah. the fielding itself, that ball always bounces exactly where it should. Um, well, that's uh, the one thing that's easy yes. about it. I had two two thoughts for the scrimmage game. One, my highlight, my personal highlight was for as terrible as I was in the batting cage, I went two for two in the scrimmage game. You were saving it for the game. Saving it for the game. Saving it for the game, absolutely. And uh, at least I did. Rick Kribda pitched almost the entire scrimmage game. I think he did. But he got lit up. People were killing. Everybody was getting <laughs> hits off of Rick Krivda. Uh, it was amazing. If if uh, Buck Showalter was out there, he would have pulled him after like the fifth batter. But we just kept batting around and around, and he was getting lit. Of course, I know. I kept on looking the point. for the bullpen for someone to get warmed up, but no one warmed <laughs> up the entire time. I wanted to trash talk him and be like, "Rick, you're getting shellacked. Come on!" When I was out there playing defense at second base, which I played second base, I felt I have a weak arm, but I wanted to be able to field some ground balls. See, now this is our second time. We got to do this last year also. And last year, I hit the ball opposite field every time. So I decided going into this that I'm going to speed up my bat, uh, that I want to go and see if I can go on my power side. But I had a fear. And my fear was based on, you know, we've gone through my stories of softball, and I have a tendency to hit the ball right up the middle. I had this big fear that I was going to hit the ball right at one of these pitchers. So thankfully that didn't happen, and I kept everything down the left field side. Oh, and that just uh, uh, that just made me think of uh, my other highlight. I forgot to write down was getting our picture taken with Krivda and Big B and Bumbry. Um, and what was it? Al Bumbry said something to you, Bert, after the picture. Oh yeah, because I'm the brother-in-law. He accused me of being uh, Jared Kushner, so yeah. I was Jared Kushner for the rest of the day. He called you Jared Kushner. I like that. I like uh, <laughs> Bert's new nickname is Jared Kushner. I like that. Right. You can hey, see you call me that. The you can see that picture up on our uh, Instagram page, Section Three Three Six Show on Instagram. And, and you guys mentioned uh, playing out in the field. Uh, we were on opposite teams for the scrimmage game. So when right. Josh was at first base and Matt was at shortstop, and they had a hard time fielding uh, the rest of the team because it was hot and people were taking breaks in the dugout. It should also be mentioned. There was unlimited free beer, so uh, you know there was a good enough reason to be hanging out in the shade of the dugout. Right, just on a hanging hot out Thursday afternoon, which was cool, also on its own to just hang out in the dugout. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't partake in any of the beer until we got back to the locker room, but uh, I I wanted to be able to drink a beer in the dugout. Like, when am I ever going to get to do that again? It was awesome. I yeah. think it's more of a disgrace, but whatever. Teach their own. Well, it was the visitors. It was the visitors' dugout in the visitors' locker room. So that place has been disgraced many, many times before. That's right, and that's why when we were leaving, we urinated inside the locker. Just a little, little treat for the <laughs> next team coming in. They they made it a point to tell us, like in the emails and stuff, that uh, post game showers are permitted. Did did oh, really? The I thought even cross that. your mind to take a shower there. <laughs> no, it did not. I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. But next time. We should take a shower together, Bert. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and and, uh, and uh, <laughs> sorry, I got this allergy cough. Um, the uh, we were in the opposing locker room. They said we could use the showers, but nobody did. And who was 
Who looks stupid at the end of a 90-degree sweaty baseball scrimmage game for bringing an extra spare set of clothes? <laughs> Not this guy. That was smart. Not this was guy. Smart to bring smart extra move. clothes. That was a good move, yep. Bert. Be prepared. I should have been a Boy Scout. I never was, but I would have been a good one. <laughs> you were maybe a little over-prepared, but still you were prepared. That's all right. Better to be over-prepared than eating dinner in the same sweaty clothes that I just right. played a 90-degree scrimmage game in. Right, as we went upstairs for the more more free beer, more free food. Yeah, that was great. Level. Oh, man, it, it was a great day altogether. I, I hope your dad is out on business again next year. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if Constellation Energy knows that we were welcome, that we were their guests. But Section 336 was there as a guest as them, and uh, thanks to them and the Orioles for letting us experience this. Absolutely. And I assume we're allowed to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Was it? <laughs> I don't know. Because we just did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, I had some private conversation with Larry Bigby that I'm not going to release on the airwaves. Uh, but but for, but for the most part, I think we're allowed to take pictures, so why wouldn't we be allowed True. to share that? True. And I'm going to reach out to uh, – your guys' friends now, Larry Bigby and Krivda, and see if we can get them on the show to uh, now that they're friends of 336. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll run into uh, Rick Krivda at the local Perry, Perry Hall Wise supermarket. Or, or is he a Costco guy? Yeah, well, the Costco's down in, uh, you know, Middle River area. Uh, but I, I, he strikes me as a Costco guy. I bet, I bet Rick Krivda's a yeah. Costco member. Yeah, I think you're right. And then maybe I'll run into Larry at the at the jetty. Yeah, of course. We'll make it happen. I think that tonight's show is gonna be at see you at the jetty. See you at the jetty. <laughs> and yes, Jacob Rock asked in the chat room, the beer was cold. It was on ice right there in the uh dugout. Visitors dugout. And I had a good beer too. They had a heavy seas, loose cannon. Oh, and I had like six bottles of, of Powerade. Is that what it was down there? Yeah. Well, they kept saying over the, the the stadium loudspeaker, "It's ninety degrees. Stay hydrated." So I yeah, I drank about eight Powerades, I think. So do we have All to right. talk about Orioles now? Yeah, yeah. Let, let's get into the Orioles. I think there's some interesting things to talk about with the Orioles right now. Okay. So Tell they're me. coming. <laughs> they're coming off a rough road trip, right? To say the least. Uh I think I saw the projections. If they if they continue to play as they're playing in now, they'll finish. Uh, what's the math here? Real quick, real quick. they'll finish like, with 124 losses. Right. Yeah, 32 wins, something like that. Yeah, 30, so, 31 wins. Yeah, this is some of the worst baseball I've ever seen in Baltimore. Well, well, my question was that would mean 38 wins. Right. And. I don't understand how they're going to get 38 wins right now. I, like that sounds, I would love to be optimistic and say they could win thir, 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 38 games. I just don't see – I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I don't see how they get to 38 wins. I don't – you guys tell me where I'm wrong. The only way you're – the way they get I, – I don't know. What I do know is watch, – I've watched all these games this week. And what yeah. I do know is Can that they ever every – again? I don't know. Every night – they find a new way to lose the game. And it is amazing how many different ways they find to lose the game. From Manny Machado overthrowing second base to Pedro Alvarez overthrowing second base to uh, not hitting the ball at all to to, to hit, bullpen's blowing, to blowing the bullpen falling apart to crappy base running. 
to yeah. bad umpiring. Everything goes against them. Um, it's just it's amazing. Every week, every night, there's a different reason that they lost the game. It's just been really unfortunate to see Kevin Gaussman pitch the career game of his career, like the best outing he's ever done, and the Orioles couldn't get one run for him. It sucks. Sucks to see, who was it, Alex Cobb, give up one earned run and still lose the game. It 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 sucks when you're you're wasting really good pitching performances on a team that cannot refuses to win. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it sucks for them, but it it sucked for for five years when the offense would always produce and we couldn't get any starting pitching. It sucked for the offense then. Right. I, I mean, I guess the frustrating thing is is it does seem like starting pitching is starting to get there for us. I mean, still not super consistent, but the starting pitching seems to be doing okay for us. Um, but our offense is an absolute joke. I mean, our offense is embarrassing on yes. every level. Every kind of – almost every metric, whether you want to do batting average, run scored, on-base percentage, whatever metric you want to use to, to quantify offense, we're like dead last. We're <laughs> like the worst team in baseball. Actually. Right. And yeah. it, it doesn't the, – the crazy part is that it doesn't make sense. Like no one saw this coming. At least we didn't. And no, a lot of, Every a lot night. Of Every night I'm surprised. Like, yeah. every night I'm shocked that we're this bad. After, I, can't, I, I don't believe what I'm seeing. After the first week, I said, all right, well, they're going to turn it around. Second week, they're going to turn it around. Third week, all right, it's time to turn it around. This team's not going to turn it around. It's amazing. I, I, don't, I don't get necessarily shocked with the outcome of the game. When I get shocked is when I get the little notification on my phone every night of, here's tonight's starting lineup, and there's at least three guys I've never heard of. Well, yeah, and that's where... That's, I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but right. there was a guy playing second base last two nights ago. I'd never heard of him before. Right, and that's the Scope injury hurt, and Scope will be back, uh, I think, tomorrow night. Scope's supposed to be back with the Orioles. He's on his rehab now, and yeah, Trumbo's back. people are talking about that. I mean, that's Orioles' MBO last year. has been and, out for and, and, two, and three that, weeks. His, yeah, his loss, I think, is, is a big factor that I don't think people talk about enough, the loss of Scope. But... but this is just people in this lineup who were the B squad in spring training or worse starting for the major league team every night. Craig Gentry leading off Jace Peterson, Santander's still out there. And then this other guy, Velma, Vielma. I don't even know how to say it. Yeah. Velma. Engleb. Vielma. Still. Those are, those are guys yeah. that would have been in the score buck when we went to uh, Fort Myers to see him play against yeah, the Red Scots. That Red is Sox. what it is. It's a minor league. It's minor league lineup. Yeah, it's terrible, and, and it's, it's no wonder there's only eight wins. Well, it's also the fact that the major league players are not hitting the ball, and that Caleb Joseph and Chris Davis, and uh, anyone named not named Trey Mancini, Manny Machado, are not even hitting Trey, the ball. Even Trey has been struggling recently, so I don't want to give don't give Trey a pass. All right. So yeah, it sucks. It's it's the biggest frustration is that we didn't see it coming, and we've been to and not even that we didn't see it coming. I don't know how to deal with this because this team is worse than the fourteen years of losing. This is the worst team I've ever watched play baseball. It's it's amazing, and to go into this season thinking we had a shot at this wild card, it's crazy because I know what's going to happen. In 2019, I'm going to look at this starting rotation again, and I'm going to say we have a chance for the wild card because for six years we've been saying if only we had pitching. For 20 years we've been saying 
pitching wins championships. We've got decent pitching right now, and it doesn't help. Yeah, I mean, our, our pitching is by no means World Series caliber. If you look at pitching no, around baseball, it's decent. Our, our pitching is is average, but I, I think uh, J- J- Jacob just brought a good comment up in the chat room about uh, Rule Five guys should not be starting. I mean, Anthony Santander is fifth in our in our um, in our right. team as far as at bats, number of at bats. He, he's fifth, so he's got a lot of at bats this season for a guy who has no proven track record. Yeah, who, why uh, Anthony Santander is playing so much? Boggles my mind. Why Pedro <laughs> Aruhuhaha? Why he is coming in in in, in, a, in a position to lose a tie right. ball game where he can lose the game? No Rule Five pitcher reliever should ever come in a situation where he can lose a game. Right. Just don't put him in a situation. And tie games? No, no. Pedro does not go in tie games. And Anthony Santander should not be a regular. Yes, he's been two hundred. With no track record. At least other guys who are batting 200 have something of a track record. Santander has no track record. He's not great defensively. He can't perform offensively. He's not fast. He has no track record. I get it. You want him on the team so he's in your organization because you only have to keep him up here for, for a little while. Still, though, let him ride the pine until his time's up. Then ship him on out. Well, and wasn't that our conversation in February and March is how are they going to hide three guys on their bench? When they were going in with three Rule 5 guys. And the answer was they weren't going to hide the guys. They were going to play these Rule 5 guys as if they're major league players. Yeah, how'd that, ever, how'd that work out for you? It didn't work, of course. Yeah. And I, and I saw this. Uh, I saw this. And we're talking. And those are management decisions that are bad. But I saw this tweet uh, the other day ranking who's to blame. It was a vote. Who do you blame for the Orioles? Do you blame Dan Duquette, Showalter, Kubal, or McDowell? I'm like, do you blame Showalter, Duquette, Kubal, and McDowell? What the, what the heck? Right, none, none where, of these where, guys where are on the field. Where is Chris Tillman? Where is Chris Davis? Where is Tim Beckham? Where are the actual people that play the games? That's who you blame. <laughs> people are losing their minds about Dan Duquette. Here's my problem with people losing their minds about Dan Duquette. You are not being intellectually consistent. You're being intellectually inconsistent and, 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 and a nitwit. Because at the beginning of the season, you said with this team, with the players on this team, after signing Alex Cobb, this could be a 500 team. Everyone said that. Everyone said this could be a 500 team. Now all of a sudden you get off to a rough start and everyone's like, this team just isn't constructed well. There's no plan in the organization. The organization has no vision. They don't know what they're doing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Back in back, back in March, you said there's a 500 team. But now they're not. Right. But the, the construction of the team is the same. So what has changed? Two things. Injuries and players playing badly. The construction of the team was fine. And what is this nonsense? The Orioles have no vision. What are you talking about? The Orioles lack starting pitching, and they brought in better starting pitching. That's called having a vision, having a plan, and doing it. The problem is the players, the offense specifically, hasn't performed. And so now everyone wants to blame Dan Duquette. If you want to blame Dan Duquette, you blame Dan Duquette for what he did in March in the offseason. During the season, you blame the players. The players are the one who sucks now. Blame the players, people. I, I agree. Um, and I do want to have the conversation, and it's probably a conversation for maybe next week about – 
Dan Duquette and Buck Walter and that the Orioles are just sitting on them and not not really planning the future with or without them. So, but that's a future conversation. It's not the yeah, reason that the team sucks. Don't get me started with that because that's a whole other thing. And don't, I don't want to get started with that. It gets me fired up too. That that conversation. But I, I tell you what, the, the the way the season's going, I know we have a watch of the trade deadline. I know tra- tra- traditionally um, people don't make trades until at least June, but closer to July. Um, I, I want the Orioles to trade Manny Machado right now. I want them to trade him right now. And if it means you only get two prospects as opposed to three prospects, I don't even care. I'd rather take two prospects now than three prospects later. I would rather trade him now. And you know why? Why? Because the way this season's going, I don't even want to say this out loud, but the way this season's going, you're just waiting for the next bad thing to happen, right? And we've well, already had hurt. we've already had two infielders get hurt. Can you imagine? Can you guys just even imagine <laughs> if something happened to Manny Machado? So that's why I like. I just want to. I want to trade him because just I'm afraid everything's going wrong. Everything that could go wrong is going wrong. I just want to trade him and, and kind of move, move, move on because I'm scared. I'm scared. Every time I watch him play, I just get nervous watching him run around because I'm like, you are our one asset here that 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 we that we can 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 use, and he makes me nervous. And I don't. I still think his trade value is what it is. It's. I don't believe it's going to go up or down any between now and July. So I think yeah, the sooner the better. I don't see there being a hot competition for a to add a all star shortstop in July. You I don't think, think the so? team, I think the teams that could use a all star shortstop in July can use an all star shortstop in May and in June. So <sighs> I don't know. It's frustrating. So how yeah. do we so then as Oriole fans, how do we treat this season? How do we get ourselves excited to go back to Camden Yards on Tuesday night and uh, support this team. And is, is it all prepare for next year? Is it all look to 2019? Because if it's let's all look to 2019, then you know what? Let's let the Rule 5 guys play every day. As a fan, I can't, I can't – I was going to say, as a fan, I can't look to 2019 yet because it's way, way too early. It's, you know, we got to just, it, you know, find the little things to enjoy about it. Uh, the current year, you know, we got the Royals coming to town, the Orioles coming off a West Coast road trip that could not have gone worse. And the Royals, we have eight wins. The Royals only have 11 wins. You know, just get get a couple wins to keep things fun. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with Bert on this one. Our our current state of the Orioles, it was just – it's a situation where we had a tough uh, schedule to start the season in April. Then we had the tough – it's always tough to play out west. I still – I'm with Burt. We're still a great baseball team. We just had a tough schedule, and we'll turn around now that the Royals are, are coming well, down. You you got that out of what I just said? Right, right. <laughs> Suddenly Burt's the positive one? <laughs> no, but I know I, I have a lot more baseball games I need to go to, so <laughs> – I would like to get some some fun out of it. Right. And, I mean, I, this team, I still believe in this team. I still believe you get Scope back. Uh, you get Britain back at some point. I still believe that this team is the type of team that could string 10 wins together. The problem is they're so deep in the hole that 10 wins isn't going to help. 
Yeah, it doesn't matter. The, the, the 2018 season is done. But I think there's still a lot of interesting storylines. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. There's still a lot of, even if the Orioles are losing and they're going to have a losing year and this is kind of a lost year, there's still a lot of interesting storylines to follow this year that make, I think, that make it entertaining. Like, is Chris Davis ever going to return back to form or is this the new Chris Davis and, and how do we handle that? What's going to happen with Manny Machado? What's going to happen with Adam Jones? What's going to happen with Zach Britton? Kind of watching them play out. Like, I think Adam Jones situation, for me, the Adam Jones situation, the most fascinating situation of all. Because I think for Adam Jones, and we see this sometimes happen, where he means more to our organization than just as a player, right? He's kind of has, has that, that symbol and that leadership that he brings means more to us than it would to another team. Right. And from Adam Jones' perspective, I'm sorry, but Adam Jones has a chance to go down as a Baltimore legend somewhere else chase the ring and not go down as a bottom of legend. So I think it's better for the Orioles and better for, for Adam Jones if he stays and 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 he, then they don't trade him and they try to resign him. So I think that's something really interesting to watch. What do they do about Adam Jones? Um, another yeah, interesting- I mean, he's not – Adam Jones isn't going to be a starting center fielder batting third or fourth on uh, any other team. No, he'll be a right fielder batting seventh, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think I think another interesting thing to watch, does Mark Trumbo, finally getting back from injury, does he have a bounce back year? Like, is Mark Trumbo a bat we can count on for, 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 for next year? Jonathan Scope, his old contract situation, are they going to build around Jonathan Scope? Or do you trade him and go complete rebuild? Um, you, Josh started throwing around the A word with, um, with Dylan Bundy. Then yeah, he sudden, died. Then all of a sudden, D- Dylan Bundy sucked. If Josh mentioned the A word <laughs> and kept Gossman, I was going to walk away from the show. No, I Josh purposely was- have not. I yeah. love the new rotation he does, but I'm not using the A word. So, so watching Kevin Gossman and Dylan Bundy and their evolution is, in, and I think it's going to be really fun to watch. I mean, that could be the 2019 start rotation is is going to be Gossman, Bundy, uh, Cobb, Kashner, and then and then a player to be named later. So, all that's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, and so, I think like what minor league guys it, does Chance Cisco develop into the everyday catcher we hope he could be. What minor league guys help out? Like I'm, I'm thinking Austin Hayes, DJ Stewart. How are there? How Cedric are there Mullins. In the minors? Uh, so I, I mean, even though you lose, even if they would lose every game, there's still these individual storylines that are worth paying attention to that I think you should be watching. Yeah, but the pro, but yes, and the question is, at what point does the organization come around and say, all right, there's no more point in waiting until Memorial Day. It's time to it's time to fold this year up, and that's what leads into the discussion of Dan Duquette and Buck Showalter. If they're not here next year, and you're planning for next year, what's the point of still having them here? I I mean, you could say the same thing about what's the point of out of of having Adam Jones here. What's the point of having uh, no? That, you these are, you have there's a lot of jobs that people have. Yes. One-year contracts, and then they're up, and then they go on about their business. Yes. It doesn't mean you have to blow everything up. It doesn't mean that you have to fire someone just because they have one year left in the contract. What? Whatever happens to those deals when you should prove it. Like, hey, Dan Duquette, you have one year left on your deal. Let's go. Do something or you're gone. What's this? We have to fire you now because you only have a year left. I don't understand no, that. No, Dan Duquette did it. Dan Duquette did do stuff. He got Alex Cabanal. I'm not saying he did a bad job this year. I like I like the moves Dan Duquette did. So the question is – made today about him why can't you wait till the end of the season what is dan duquette's job now now that the season has started what is his job between now and the end of the season well i mean his job is to do whatever brady anderson tells him to do but outside of that his job is to put a winning team on the field like it always was all right is he able to do that this year 
No. Do, do you want Dan Duquette, the guy who is managing the trades of Manny Machado, Adam Jones, Zach Britton? You want Absolutely. Dan, do you want the guy who is not going to be here, who might be with another organization next year, making these moves? Absolutely, I do. Do you think it's because you think he's making these moves and he needs to make good moves to show another organization or to show the Orioles to keep him around? Well, yeah, I think if he I makes mean, what, great moves. What's his he, motivation? I think if he makes great moves, he could keep his job here, first of all. B, I think you're right. If he makes great moves, uh, as far as the rebuild goes and gets great value from another team, he could it could help his stock somewhere else. C, you want to do a good job because you always want to do a good job for the employer that you work for. D, if you don't have Dan Duquette making these moves, you have Brady Anderson making these moves. <coughs> and it's one, we've seen Dan Duquette make move after move after move every uh, tra- tra- trade deadline and in the offseason. Normally, to get help now, not to rebuild, right? This year's going to be different with the rebuild. But every time, Dan Duquette has – there's never been a deal where Dan Duquette's gotten ripped off. They've always been fair value deals. And now you may disagree, and the whole, like, Travis Snyder didn't really work out. Uh, Gerardo Parra didn't really work out. Um, you could debate whether Andrew Miller worked out or not. But the the trade themselves were fair value trades. They were good trades. Like, people considered them fair trades. I don't trust Brady Anderson to extract that same kind of value. Brady Anderson lacks the experience. He, he lacks the track record. And so I'd rather have someone... With, for moves this big, this is a big deal trading Manny Machado. And for something this important and this big, I want Dan Duquette, a guy who's been there before, a guy who's made a lot of trades in the past and has done okay with his trades. He's always gotten a fair value for his trades as opposed to Brady Anderson, who kind of is the newbie to the whole making trade thing. That's my argument for Dan Duquette making the trades. Okay. And keeping Dan Duquette till the end of the year. All right. Then in that case, I would go to Dan Duquette and say, "Get started now on those moves." Well, oh, I'm, 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 I'm certain he has. What do you think he's doing all day? Do you think he's he's watching Flintstones at home eating bonbons? No, I mean I'm sure he's out there <laughs> making calls, and he, I mean he he knows the writing's on the wall. This is not like up for debate. Uh, what the Orioles should do? I, I I am interested to see. I think this is going to be fascinating to see if Manny Machado does not get the offers that makes. Not Dan Duquette happy. If Manny Machado does not get the offers that make Peter Angelos happy. Right, if we just let it run out. And get the draft picks. Because we, we do get a couple draft picks at the end if we don't right. deal them. Uh, not high draft picks, bottom of first round draft picks. But still, it'd be interesting to see if, if they don't get the value they feel like they should for them, what, what they do. What if the Orioles come out and in two weeks they go to make a big announcement and it's that they gave Manny Machado an extension. Any chance that happens? There's a there's a better chance of me finding my wedding ring uh, than of that. <laughs> and it comes full circle. See, I've been thinking about the Manny Machado move and how if Manny Machado, Manny Machado keeps saying, well, I'd like to win here, blah, 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 blah. You've got these young guys coming up. Why not give Manny Machado a bunch of money for five years when baseball markets or price tags are going higher and higher, that in five years he can then make another buttload of money. Rather than trying to go out this season and compete with Bryce Harper in the open market when the big clubs like New York and Boston already have a shortstop. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what you're saying. He's, I mean, he's, he's going to take it to, to free agency. 
and whoever offers the best most money is going to get him. That's I think it's that simple. And I don't think the Orioles are going to be the team that offers him the most money, right? Right. Yes, the Orioles would not be the team that offers him the last the most money. Okay. So so what's the point here? Okay. So what are we, well, so what are you even talking about? I don't know. I'm I'm still leaning <laughs> on the I'm still leaning on the I hope that he's resigned scope. That's the only guy. That's really the only guy that I would love an announcement this season of they've resigned. And now you have these hack reporters like Jason Lacanfora, who is a hack that, when it comes to baseball reporting, tweeting out that he didn't sign his kid's autograph, so John Scope's a jerk. Are you kidding me? I mean, it's one thing to suck at your job. It's another thing to slander a man just because he won't sign your kid's autographs. I mean, what a big baby. John Scope has done more to ho- help his home country and has done, and, I, and there's countless stories about him signing all these autographs and caring about it. Like, John Scope's a good guy. Everyone he didn't come to FanFest. He didn't uh, show up to the fan fest, of course. And so Jason Lacanfora is stoking the fires, and now has ruined <laughs> the reputation of a guy just because Jason Lacanfora's um, his snowflake kids. I'm sorry, I shouldn't talk about a man's kids, but it, just because Jason Lacanfora did not get autographs from Jonathan Scope, he's throwing this guy under the bus, and it really pisses me off. It pisses me off that reporters are throwing guys. It's like it's just like the Joe Flacco thing. I talked to people who were downtown at the little draft party at the Inner Harbor. They said Joe Flacco was engaging, smiling, taking pictures. The reporters, the Baltimore reporters reported that Joe Flacco, the only comment was Joe Flacco refuses to talk about Lamar Jackson, making it all out to be like Joe Flacco's pissed off and he's angry at Lamar Jackson. When Joe Flacco was down in the inner harbor taking pictures, having a great time, he just didn't want to talk about Lamar Jackson. Who cares? Right. Or- he was off the clock having fun. I'm just sick of these reporters. Today's kind headline. Of in the reputations of, of players because – Whatever, because they didn't get out of the player what they want to get out of the player. Right. T- today's headline is Joe Flacco hasn't called Lamar Jackson. Yeah, what, what a stupid headline that is. What a stupid headline right. that it, is. It's, it's, is that what report I, – I think that it's part of what reporting is today is trying to get the headlines, and every That's story is now clickbait. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and Lachlan Forrest, such an irritating guy on Twitter because he does not look professional on Twitter. Oh, he, no, he's, he's a freaking crybaby on Twitter. No, he is the Donald Trump of Baltimore sports on Twitter. All he does is whine and, and reach out to and fanboy to minor league players about trying to get him hooked up at minor league games. That's all he yeah. does. Yeah, I'm sick of him. Uh, hey, we don't have time to get to the snowflake of the week, but just a couple quick headlines for snowflakes okay. uh, that I want to share with you. Of course, we lost you Matt. See the story. We yeah, lost Matt when year. he went to go to his snowflakes. So let me get Matt back. You back, Matt? Yeah. All right. You dropped out for a while. So you're gonna you go, you said, did we see something? What? Yeah. Did you guys see this article called "Superintendent Charged as Mystery Pooper Out Until the End of the School Year"? Yes, I did see that. Yeah, yes. I didn't see what the snowflake part of it was though, but. What's the, what's the snowflake part? That that we live in a society now where you're not allowed to go poop in the middle of the football field? What's your problem right, with, with it? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't against a rival school. I don't know. I didn't read the article. I didn't either. I just read the headlines. All right, fine. I assumed, I assumed <laughs> it was at his own school. I, I thought, thought he it was just a, had a, I assumed that it was a rival school, like, let me get back at you. All right, but you don't do that as the superintendent. You, like, you run your school. You know that there's cameras up and everything. Yeah. Or don't you at least do that stuff and then go distribute it on the uh they're like there's better ways than than 
than going yeah. st- straight from source to, to field. I don't think I could poop on the field on command, even if I wanted to. Like, I got to go. Like, there's that nice Severna Park library. They have nice <laughs> toilets in there. Like, I got to go to a nice toilet and bathroom to get comfortable. I, I couldn't do it just on the baseball field like that or a football field. Yeah, that guy's a little too comfortable. The other article, uh, and this is more sports-related and more snowflakey. NHL, this is a hockey story, warns Bruins' Brad Marchand to stop licking licking opposing players on the face. Apparently, this guy was going around <laughs> licking other players on the face. Yes. They had to warn him to stop licking other players. That sounds like a snowflake. Someone would lick another player, right? It sounds like a fun way <laughs> to intimidate people. I think that's what we need to start doing, that move. That's like that's like taking a kiss on the cheek to the next level. Yeah. I wonder maybe that's just his friendly greeting. He meets a new person and just licks him in the face. I would like yeah. to see Chris Davis take up that. When a guy gets reaches first base, you just lick him. <laughs> yeah, that's a, well he got warned, but so I guess it's against the rules. I don't I don't know where it says it's against the rules, but somewhere it must be against the rules. That's our snowflakes. All right. Time to wrap it up. Yeah, let, let's wrap it up. Are you playing the music? Yeah, I'm playing the music. You can't never hear it when you're on Mima. No, I always have trouble hearing that music. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, at Section336Show. Check out our new website, Section336.com. It's the same website, but it's just was redone with the help of a, of a coconut. Um, so check out our new updated uh, website. Make sure you check out... Uh, the fan articles on there, and uh, we encourage you to keep on sending in your fan articles, and we'll post them on the site. That's a pretty cool thing we're doing. Caps, Caps just won, so there's your hockey news for the day. Yeah, not, and that's been they a, knocked and that's the Penguins out. That's, that's been hockey talk. That's as much as we'll get into the uh, hockey talk. Yeah. Uh, go grab, right. go grab your night at the yard tickets. Yeah, you can get those on our website. Go to yep. section36.com and click on Night at the Yards. We're uh, making some special trips to Trader Joe's to get some nice paper bags as giveaways. Yeah. I'll bring the paper bags that we can all put over our heads to watch this <laughs> sorry team. Right. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of looking forward to like 50 people all wearing paper bags in the, behind up in 336. That'll be fun. Yeah, I agree. Or maybe we'll turn it around by then. <laughs> Positive Burt. <laughs> positive birthday! I love it. I love positive birthday. Or that's just me being zany. <laughs> that sounds about right. I, when we're all negative, because Bert doesn't know what to do when we're all negative. He's supposed to be the negative guy. When right. We're all being negative. Yeah, Bert's like out of place. And, and you guys are all copping my style. <laughs> and it's only May. We got to get the negativity out of the way right now, so we can start to look forward to the future. Absolutely. All right. Well, guys, we appreciate you joining us here for another edition of Section 336. Late uh, show. For, yeah, late show. Special late edition. Uh, make sure you write us a review on iTunes. Give us that five stars. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Section 336. You can follow Bert. At Bert Rohde. And you can follow Josh. At Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. There's 38 wins.
Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. Hey, I found out.